What's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather here, and you're listening to I See Things a Little Differently. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. We have a... Unfortunately, we have a... Impromptu show. Um, it's... This was tough, just because... This is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Generational. Uh, this is the definition of generational. Everyone knows who this guy is. If you're a wrestling fan. Because... When I think of this person, I think of unselfishness. As much as Jericho can be unselfish, very giving. As for as much as The Rock can be uh, unselfish, very giving. Like, if you think about this, right? We hear things, the things The Rock does in Hollywood now, and it seems like he's building everything around him. Comes off as very selfish. That never was him in the wrestling business. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story that multiple, multiple people have told. Undertaker, this is in 2002, Undertaker was the WWE champion, defeated Hulk Hogan for the title, and they needed to find a way to get the title off of the Undertaker to put on someone to be a transitional champion to drop it to Brock Lesnar, because they had a feud already lined up for Brock Lesnar, and they were already doing the first brand split, and so they said, we need to find a way to make sure that Undertaker isn't the one to lose it to him, because they're going to have a blood feud, and it was a great feud, um... And Rock just walks into the production meeting, uh, drinking a soda or whatever. And they were like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hey, how you doing? What's, what's going on in here? And they told him what was going on. And Rock was was not factored into any plans because he was going back off to Hollywood. So they hadn't factored him into anything. And so they're telling him, yeah, we're trying to find someone to be a transitional champion just to put, it over, just to put Brock over. Rock said, I'll put Brock over. Who cares? Like, this is not a big deal. We need to get the big guy over, right? I'll do it. And he walks out the room. And so then, apparently, like, everyone that was in the creative meeting, like, looked at each other and said, all right, let's do it. Uh, and so um, they put a title on him, which was a, by the way, it was a great decision. If you look at those two pay-per-views, it was a triple threat match, which is still one of the best triple threat matches in that company's history between Kurt Angle, The Rock, and uh, the Undertaker for a WWE Championship. That was a great one. Then you had the match with Brock versus Rock. Um, this that's unselfish. This man, he not, he didn't just care about the business. He cared about people. Terry Funk, one of the greatest wrestlers, one of the greatest minds, one of the greatest people of all time. There will never be another like him. And. He's been in bad health for a while, for a, for a while now. So uh, probably is not a big surprise to a lot of people who have been following. Um, was I followed Mick Foley, and I know the last picture he posted with him like visiting Terry Funk, he looked pretty bad. And I remember earlier this year, and late last year, he canceled Terry Funk did a couple of appearances due to health issues and stuff like that. And um, look, this guy, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, ECW World Champion. This guy was the reason ECW was put on the map. This guy gave so much to the next generation. This guy, he was Chainsaw fucking Charlie. This guy and his brother, Jack, are the only brothers to actually hold the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Jack held it first. 
Um, not Jack. Um, um, I'm tripping. What's his brother's name? I completely forgot. His bro- I mean, let me get this right. His brother's name isn't Jack, though. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm thinking about her. Dory. Um, Dory Funk. Yeah, they're, they're the only two brothers that ever hold the NWA World Championship. Dory held it first. And Dory was always the golden boy. People always saw bigger things for Dory. Um, and when Terry came up, Terry was just different. Terry was so good because he could wrestle and do everything else. You couldn't deny it. And so he ends up holding the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Um, and for as much as uh, the, the, the Funks, first of all, have given so much. Dory is clearly the more quiet of the two. But the Funks gave so much to the industry. Dory trained a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers. These boys are from Texas. Uh, Terry Funk. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how special Terry Funk is. This is all true stories, all documented. You guys go, oh, go look at this. Terry Funk was on an ECW pay per view, where it went to a sixty minute draw. It was him, Shane Douglas, Sabu. It was supposed to be for the uh, the, the Eastern Championship wrestling title, and they went to a sixty minute draw. One of the best moments in ECW history, early ECW history, before it became extreme. And then that's what led to the tournament, which led to Shane Douglas storing the belt down, which then led to extreme championship wrestling. And they were just a local, they were just local, you know, they had a mini syndication deal. And then Terry Funk helped them get their first pay-per-view. Uh, which I believe was Barely Legal or whatever name of it is. And that night was all about Terry Funk. It was all about putting the ECW brand on the map. This guy first had a triple threat. It was a triple threat match at first. Think about how crazy this is. On ECW's first pay-per-view, Tommy Dreamer didn't even wrestle in the mat, wrestle a match. And he's the heart and soul of ECW. He didn't even wrestle a match on the first pay-per-view. He was doing commentary with uh, Joey Styles. Terry Funk had a triple threat match with himself, Stevie Richards, and who was it? That's right for my face. The Sandman. They had a great ladder match, a great match. and he asked Stevie, he asked for Stevie, and some people might say, why was Stevie Richards in that match? Terry Funk wanted him in that match. Terry Funk specifically told Paul Heyman, you know, he's good. He can, he needs to be in this match. And so he put him in the match. They had a great match. I think Steve Richards ended up like hurting his neck in that match too. He didn't know it, for, and he even ended up being out for like months or maybe even a year. And then the match was to determine the number one contender to face Raven. And Raven was the ECW World Champion, and he was on a he was on a roll. And if you look at the story, the emotion behind the story, Raven was like, "You remind me of my father. You want to hurt me. You want to abuse me. You can never have this World's Heavyweight Championship. This is defined. This defines me." And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Raven and Tommy Dreamer got involved. He gets he gets nailed and beat down pretty good. And then all of a sudden. Raven goes for even flow DDT. Uh, 
Terry Funk cradles him one, two, three. Terry Funk wins the ECW championship. Him and Tommy Dreamer are, are celebrating in the crowd. And right as the pay-per-view is going off the air, they lost power because they, they were pumping so much power into the uh, that building. It shut the, uh, it, it feeds off. So the pay-per-view would have gone 10 seconds longer. They would have had to give refunds, which would have been catastrophic to that company, especially at that time. But he was so important. The same way I put Jericho as important to e, uh, AEW, Terry Funk was that first for ECW. Terry Funk was the name that made people say, Funk is there? There's something there going on. I got to go. That's why you have Dusty Rhodes there. That's why you have Scott Hall there. That's why you have Ron Simmons there. That's why you have Ravishing Rick Rude there. The list can go on of the people who did shots for ECW. Yeah, they were paid probably very well. But Terry Funk was the first person to say, hmm, what's over there? New talent? New talent I can help put over? I'm down. That is a very special person to say. And the, he was he was doing death matches. You know, this is Mick Foley's idol. He was over in Japan. Those two were killing each other on a nightly basis. They were killing each other on a nightly basis. Fire, barbed wire, just crazy shit. I remember Mick Foley told a story about his wife one time. His wife said, can't you find someone else to idolize? Because <laughs> it's just killing your body, dude. Um, and then go to WWE. It's Chainsaw Charlie. I don't know why he had to be under a fucking mask. We all know who it was. And they put over the New Age Outlaws. And I remember McFoley telling the story. He said they felt underappreciated because the night that the new DX was formed with B Billy Gunn, X-Pac, China, Triple H, like they're beating them up in the steel cage, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. And he said he could hear the commentators talk. All, the only thing they were doing was talking about Steve Austin. And he was like, oh, this is going to, I'm going to take this and I'm going to harbor it for sure. And because they, they were giving all they could to put over the New Age Outlaws. Um, and those were two brutal. They had a dumpster match the night before. Then they had a steel cage match the night after. It was just brutal matches. But um, this guy... This guy was just special. And it's one of those things where if you look at his history, he, the same way I feel like Mick Foley made Triple H look tough and believable as a main eventer, Ric Flair been a main eventer for well over a decade. They are wrestling in WCW. Terry Funk was a commentator. Terry Funk gets out of the commentary booth to beat up Ric Flair. They end up having a great eye quit match, one of the best matches Ric Flair has ever had, and showed his toughness too, you know? And he didn't need to. He didn't need anyone just to justify him being a man. Vince, that's ridiculous. But what I'm saying though is, it's like it shows a different side of Ric Flair. Like you have the clean matches that he has with Rick, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and you have the battles with Dusty with Dusty Rhodes and stuff where he bled for sure. But then you have this match where he's pile driving him on a table. Ric Flair on a fucking table pile. He he, he didn't do that. He was not doing that type of shit. And then Terry Funk said, "I quit." Like, 
just just a, just showing a different side of Flair. You know, we already knew how great Ric Flair was. Just showing just showing a different side of him. And um, that's just what he did. He was able to see talent and say, "I can do this with them. It'll, it'll be different. It'll just it'll be different with me." And it was. It was great. And so it's one of those situations where, um, when I think about him, I think about even his retirement match. He asked uh, WWE if Bret Hart could be used, and Bret Hart, and they, without a doubt, they um, uh, it, 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 it was it, it took him like ten seconds to get that approved. It was like. Terry Funk, yeah, 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 Terry. You don't need you don't need to ask. Just grab what you need. And there's a bunch of people working that that shot, and Bret Hart wanted to put him over. Uh, Bret Hart wanted to put him over on his day on his way out, and Terry Funk was like, "No, I'm not using you unless you know unless I lose to you. Like that's why I want to lose to you." Apparently, it was like this huge like fight. Is I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. But there was a fight, I guess. But an argument that ensued between both of them. But who was gonna lose? Because they, they, they both had such respect for each other, and um, Terry was like, uh, finally Terry just conceded and won the damn match. But like, that's how much respect he has. Think about this: Bret Hart didn't like losing as many people. He did not. Think about the level of respect he had for Terry Funk, and he was the WWE champion at the time. So that meant had to mean a whole hell of a lot to him. So it's one of those things where you, when you sit back and look at a lot of these things, and I don't think I've ever heard a negative word about this guy. I think I've only heard positive. I've only heard people like make fun of him, like when like apparently when he like is in, and you could hear it in some matches because if you actually look at ECW two thousand five, uh, one night stand, the the match with uh, Edge and Mick Foley versus Dreamer and. Um, Terry Funk. I didn't know. I didn't notice it until then. But there was a story that I heard on a shoot interview where Terry Funk would be known to, as he's wrestling guys, to use their real name as they're beating him up. So he wouldn't be saying "mankind." He'd say "Mick, Mick, Mick." Well, in this one, first of all, that match is insane. In the in the promo that Mick Foley cuts beforehand, when he says ECW, when ECW was owned by a great leader such as Miss Stephanie McMahon, got him some, a ton of heat. But he's coming back out with like <laughs> his head is <laughs> his head is taped up. He has tape over his eyes. He looks so fucking ridiculous. He should not be wrestling. He comes out with fire barbed wire now, and like then when it's used against him, he's like ah Adam Adam because Edge is using it against him. Adam Adam. Adam. <laughs> that was the first time I actually heard it, and I was like oh he does use their real names. And it's just so fucking hilarious. Like, but this dude was not him and Mick Foley were way too giving, you know. But it was their style, you know. It was just the style that they had, and it's just what it is, you know. But um, he will never, ever, 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 ever be forgotten. This dude, I know he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm sure he's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. This dude is, if there was a Hall of Famer. He is the personification of Hall of Famer. But not just as a wrestler, but as a person. I just don't think I've ever heard... I don't think I've ever heard of anyone saying... Like, 
Like, of course, I'm sure when he was younger, he had a chip on his shoulder because Dory was the, the golden child. But just that it's not the same. When you're when you're fighting for that respect, you're gonna be a little whatever. But by the time he got it, he realized that it wasn't about him. It was about the business. It was about what he can do to help the business progress. This guy was a true leader. And I'm tearing out when I think about that story with him in ECW, my first thought was like, God damn, like that's still three of the greatest matches and moments in ECW history. Is that three way with him, um, Sabu and Douglas, I went to a 60 minute draw, which I don't think I've ever even heard of a fucking triple threat match going or three way dance going um, 60 minute time on the draw. I don't think, I think that's the first, in, I mean, I'm talking on the mainstream. Now, if we're talking about some independent show, no one knows all of wrestling, so I apologize if you know about something that happened in South Des Moines, but no one else but 10 people saw it. I apologize. I did not see that match. Send it to me. I'll watch it. Um, but I don't think I've ever even heard of that, though. Just to go, to, just, just, just giving so much. And then that one, that first pay-per-view, where it was, you, you, it was all about him but it was about who he wanted to work with and, and, and who he wanted to help put over. And yeah, Raven lost the title to him, but Raven got it back. Raven was always going to be fine. It was a story of Raven finally getting his comeuppance. And Raven and, and Terry Funk, who had been fighting and fighting to get that one last brass ring. He got it. Man, that that's that's tough. You know, I felt him, Roddy Piper, Dusty, those were tough. You know, uh, but Terry Funk did it his own way, and Terry Funk did it the right way. But he did it his own goddamn way, and I'm so happy to say I saw him wrestle. I'm so happy to say that I I am a fan of wrestling because we hear about a lot of the bad shit. Trust me, I just did a show on Monday about some real bad ignorant shit. This is far from that. And for it to happen the week of the that which of which will be the most attended live show of all time. Terry Funk is still giving to the business, man. Like, because this is a good he's dead. That sucks. That's shitty. But to know that. To understand that he is the reason for a lot of these people to be in the business. He wrestled with a lot of these people. If you, if, if you actually do the history, he wrestled with a lot of these people that are on this card. A lot. He gave a lot to these people. So, he, he he's a part of this. And that's, that's special. So, rest in peace, Terry Funk. Rest in peace, Chainsaw Charlie. Terry Funk, forever. I am the Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. Talk to you guys later.